tickets now. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 363, The Rise of Skywalker pre-show, because we are crazy people. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Poe Dameron to my fin, we've got Carl LeClaire. Oh, boy. Less than 48 hours away. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it, Carl. <laughs> well, you better believe it, because Claude's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's it's almost here. It's almost here, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. People have seen the movie. I know. I know. And people... Pe- I know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh... I oh. I am I cannot form sentences at the moment, Carl. Well, wait till you see I'm so it. Excited. You're probably going to be real screwed then. Well, I, I know it'll be half sentences and you know, you know, rambly thoughts and things like that for the rest <laughs> of the night. But that's what we're all feeling right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So we are here just to talk about what we are excited about here, less than a day away from the premiere of the Rise of Skywalker. And just, you know, speculation is always fun, and especially on the eve of of, of a big premiere like this. Um, Just a quick note, obviously, you've probably noticed at this point, Katie is not with us for this episode. Um, Katie is in the midst of traveling, both traveling, getting ready to travel down to L.A. to see the premiere with some friends there, and then immediately leaving to go back to see family for Christmas coming up. So Katie's kind of running all over the place, not to mention settling into a new home. So um, she could not be with us this week. Um, She will be back very soon. Still up in the air about next week as well, but don't worry, Katie will be back very soon, Um, and I've encouraged her, even if she can't make it next week, to just at least record some of her thoughts so that we can plug it in next week to the episode, because I can't wait to hear what Katie thinks of episode nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure it will be a lot of incoherent yelling, crying, and (laughs) Uh, as well as profound galaxy brain moments, because that is what Katie is. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, so, And also, if you are a new listener to the show, I know that the premiere of new Star Wars movies often brings uh, so many folks out of the woodwork into the world of Star Wars and just shopping around all the many different types of Star Wars podcasts. And there are so many good ones. So if you are a new person, welcome to the Wampus Lair. Thank you for taking the time to check out our, our show. And hopefully you enjoy this this uh, just crazy pre-show speculation and, and stick with us for some of our reaction shows coming up in just a, a few short days, which is wild to think about. Um, yeah. 
And so also at the uh, at the end of the episode, um, I've got uh, some news to go over with folks who are in the Boston area. We're going to be setting up a, a Boston a Boston screening of The Rise of Skywalker for any of you who listen to the show in the Boston area. So stay tuned at the end of the episode for more details about that. Um, as well as polls and matchups, we are going to be hitting the uh, carbon carbonite freeze on that until probably the start of the new year as we settle into regular regularly scheduled episodes um, after all the craziness that we'll do in the next few weeks for the premiere of episode nine. So certainly um, be excited for the continuation of polls and matchups coming up in yep. the new year. And also for all of our listeners, uh, as always with a new Star Wars release, um, sometime shortly after um, we, we all see the movie, we will be collecting your thoughts and responses for a uh, feedback episode all about The Rise of Skywalker featuring your thoughts and comments. So uh, if you want to participate in that, uh, be thinking about that, uh, you can always you – know, we'll, we'll make posts about it online. Um, but I think uh, if we – stick with what we normally do we ask you that you email those in so we can just uh you know collect all of those in one place uh for the show so um but we'll give you all those the details on that as we get closer to having that episode but just be aware that that is coming down the pipe right um and really quick jason before we even dive into all of our speculations yes carl about rise of skywalker these next few days is are just incredibly exciting time to be a Star Wars fan and in a whole new way too, right? Yeah. It's, it's always exciting to be a Star Wars fan. It's always exciting to be a Star Wars fan with something new launching. But just in this week, we've got some big stuff coming right out the pipe. And I mean, in, in a matter of hours for some of this. So yeah. tomorrow on Wednesday um, on all streaming services, so Apple Music, Spotify, Whatever else is streaming music are those the only things I'm aware of. <laughs> um, we Pandora the, question mark? Pay, maybe. maybe. Um, but we're going to get the release of the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack. So coming out a day earlier than planned, which is super exciting. Also yeah. tomorrow we get ep- uh, chapter seven of The Mandalorian, which is pretty yes. exciting. Ba-boom. a good reason to play this music <laughs> i am not gonna lie i had the mandalorian track the the theme song on repeat while i was doing my christmas shopping today i've been working on um making my heart beat rhythm go in tune with this so i'm like trying with meditation and prayer to make that happen so we'll see ah. how my cardiologist appointment goes next month but <laughs> 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 carl there's something wrong with your heart is it beating like the Mandalorian? <laughs> I'm sorry. What, Carl? <laughs> what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, so we've got so much. I mean, and obviously the chapter um, seven score as well, right? That whenever a new Mandalorian episode comes out, we also get the score for those chapters from uh, this incredible music Ludwig Gorenson's giving us. Yeah. But, dude, John Williams is giving us a final fly through of the Star Wars saga. In a matter of hours, we are going to get John Williams saying adieu to Star Wars. That breaks my heart and elates my heart all at the same time. I know. I know. This, what a way to retire. 
I mean, because I mean, he's been in semi-retirement for a while, anyways. Um, but I mean, the man's in his early to mid nineties at this point. He's, um, he's actually eighty-eight. I looked it up. Oh, eighty-eight. I'm sorry. No, so I thought he was ninety-two. So I looked it up earlier. He's not. He's eighty-eight. So okay, I, I'm, I'm aging crazy. him too rapidly. Um, sorry, Mr. Williams. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he's he's in his late eighties. I mean, that the man deserves to retire after the illustrious career that he's had, um, and it, whether or not he he fully retires after this soundtrack is released, I don't know. But if it, if this is his final score, I've heard that he's planning to stick around to do Indiana Jones Five, and that will be his final score. Ah, so that that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I mean, what a way to go out, right? You know, I know it for for john williams yeah. to to do the final episode of star wars and what will likely be the final indiana jones movie yeah you know yeah. bringing his career kind of full circle at the very end um that would be amazing and i will take any last dregs i can get out of the john williams barrel before he decides <laughs> to stop composing you and me both my friend um so so yeah it is just it is so darn exciting i mean the for those of you who play Battlefront 2, they just dropped the Rise of Skywalker content today, and they'll continue to unfold some more in the next week or two. Um, so that's exciting. Um, I've gotten back into Battlefront 2, which has been a lot of fun. I've been playing with my, nice. friend, my friend Mike. As it, the co-op stuff with him is just a blast. Um, so, yeah, it's just so much going on. I still haven't even gotten Fallen Order. I, I really want to play that over my winter break, so... It's fun. I I I've I've been a bad Star Wars fan. I haven't played it in like two weeks, but then I played for about forty minutes right before we started recording today, and I'm like, ah, yes, this is a fun game. Um, <laughs> it, it it's good because you know there's the combination of you know uh, adventuring and platforming and exploring combined with all the fun Jedi action that you want in a Star Wars game. So uh, I, can't um, wait. I can't wait to try it. No, it's it's a good one. It's a real good one. Um, Do you wanna... And I'd, I'd love to get back in and play some Battlefront 2 again as well. But right now, I, I'm, I'm only really able to play one game at a time the way that I do stuff. And so I'm like, I want to finish getting through Fallen Order. It'll probably take me till March at the rate I'm going uh, <laughs> to finish the game. <laughs> hey, that's all right. There's, there's no rush. There's no rush. Play at your own pace. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Do you want to know yeah. what I did right before we started recording? Um, I'm guessing you were playing Battlefront because nope. I saw you were on PlayStation. No, nope. I was on PlayStation, but I was not on Battlefront. Take another guess. Uh-huh. I was in Disney Plus. Oh, watching Mandalorian? No, but what, guess. No, watching. Let me see. You're gonna. You're either watching one of the films, um, or you were watching the. Uh, what's the documentary? The this Empire of Dreams. Empire of Dreams. No, that's that's a nighttime thing. Let's let's just say we are a couple days away from a, a, a big Star Wars film. What do you think I need to get me excited? Well, not need to get me excited. I'm already excited. That's a ridiculous statement. Empire? Damn right. Empire? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> that movie Empire is Strikes so freaking perfect. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's always great to see the child all grown up, too. So. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's goodness. a Mandalorian joke for you folks. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. So Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Jason, what are you excited about? Give me a couple of things that you are excited about about this movie. Um, 
I mean, there's a combination of excitement and nervousness about pretty much everything mm-hmm. going on in in this. Um, honestly, I'm super excited about the battles. To be fr- you know, to be frank, I, I I love the battle sequences in Star Wars. That's you know part of what keeps me coming back. Um, and it looks like we're getting some ridiculous battle sequences in this movie. Mm. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm curious and and excited to see what else we're going to get from Ray's story because it's not complete. We don't have a full picture yet. Um, her past or her future. We, we, we don't have a full picture on, on either of those yet. And it looks like we're getting some of that. Um uh, two more. Uh, I'm really wanting to figure out what Kylo's going to do, whether or not he's going to allow himself to be redeemed or not, and if so, how. Um, and then last but definitely not least, uh, Palpatine. Mm. I-, I need to know what's going on with there. I- I'm so excited about to find that out uh, because it's – I've made no bones about it. He is my favorite villain in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and so getting Palpatine returning is simultaneously the most exciting thing and terrifying thing about this movie for me. Um, because if they do it right, it will be perfect. Um, if they don't do it right, then I will question everything. <laughs> well, maybe not. I, I can't. I can't say that because that's... Uh, that's not in my nature, but um, <laughs> I will question their their thought process on that. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm fingers crossed. I have hope that that they're going to do it right with Palpatine. Um, I, he's a big enough character and an important enough character in the saga that they had to have put a lot of thought and and work into figuring out how to bring him back the right way. Yeah. And have him presented in the right way. And and the way things are going in the previews and things like that, I, I it doesn't seem like he's a, a corporeal person at this point. He might be trying to retain that or regain that, but it, it, it does seem as if he is, uh, just in the trailers and stuff, that he is some sort of just entity in the force that's trying to pull strings from beyond in order to regain power and perhaps – you know, reattach himself to a body, namely Ben Solo, probably. Um, but that's that's where I'm sitting at right now. That's what I'm really excited about. Sure. Um, what about you, Carl? Uh, well, I kind of want to just really quick, just to even let to dive into a bit more about the Palpatine stuff. Um, I'm I'm excited to see him, but that is the thing that makes me the most nervous. Yeah. Um. Main because again, like, why is he back? Right? Because it's so crucial at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like the 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 bringing of the balance, the bringing of balance to the Force is when Anakin returns and throws Sidious down that chasm in the Death Star. Right. So, how do you bring him back? <laughs> right. Like, it's cool yeah. that he's back. I'm excited that he's back. That is my biggest nervousness about the film, and it's the thing. Um, and this is, uh, we're going to jump into these a little bit later, but what we need from the film, I need them to make sense of this um, without yeah. without denigrating anything from Return of the Jedi. Um, but that being said, uh, Chris Terrio, who is the co-writer for Rise of Skywalker alongside J.J. Abrams, was um, interviewed and basically asked that question quite quite bluntly, like, hey, Return of the Jedi kind of had a pretty 
clear cut ending. How do you, you know, how do you revisit this? So I'm going to read this. It's a bit of a long quote, so bear with me, but I think it's worth seeing. And it, this comes from an interview with him with Uproxx is the name of the periodical. He says, um, what I can say is this. We felt that this story, these nine films were a family saga. We decided pretty early on that we wanted to really think of this as the Skywalker saga. And from the beginning, the chess game, the chess game has been between Palpatine and the Jedi. Specifically, the Jedi is represented by Anakin and the Skywalkers. So we were convinced some way or another Palpatine had to be a presence in this film. Of course, the sacrifice of Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi and bringing balance to the Force, we still had to honor that, and I think we do honor that in the film. We don't take the end of Return of the Jedi lightly at all, because it is one of the most beautiful moments in any film, really, in seeing what Vader does for his son. Return of the Jedi was the first movie I ever saw in a theater, and I remember just being rocked by what I saw in that moment because it almost never had occurred to me as a kid that the bad guy could cease being a bad guy and be a good guy. That moment when Vader lifts Palpatine was a genuine shock to me, and it's full of truth and beauty. We had to be careful about that. But if you look at some of the lore of Palpatine and the Sith and the way that George has embedded ideas about the Sith into the mythology of Star Wars, there are ways the presence of that character can still cast its shadow in the future. I guess I'll leave it at that. End quote. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I that's I just, an that's an encouraging quote. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and and props to my friend Mike for for sending that my way. I, I would not have seen that had he not sent me that article. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I I think there's a lot in there. It gave me a lot of hope that they're they right. They they're really honoring what happened at return of the Jedi. I mean, this is the question I've been asking ever since force awakens came out, which is why are you telling us the story? Why does it matter? <laughs> why, why are we undoing the happily ever after of return of the Jedi? Um, I disagree with some of the modern critics who say, well, like there's no such thing as happily ever after. I'm just going to call bullsith on that because it's called a fairy tale and there is. Um, and I think in the world we live in, we need those stories. So the hell with all those people who want to live in our pessimistic world. Um, that's not the point of star Wars. Um, in my opinion. Um, but that being said, right? Like return of the Jedi has such a beautiful ending to it. Um, and the fact that Chris Terrio is well aware of that. And obviously so is JJ Abrams. Um, to think that they're really putting thought into how they want to end this story and bring Palpatine back as this integral part. I like that. They, that really is a lot of the story of the prequels is Palpatine, you know, his, his, his end game isn't solely in the person of Anakin Skywalker. It's just a big no. part of it. And yeah. right. Like because of what Anakin represents to the order, I mean, they, they laud him as the chosen one and the galaxy at large sees Anakin as, you know, this heroic figure for the Jedi order. So for Palpatine to be able to corrupt him is, is massive, but it's not his only end game. And no, something that always makes me think of that is in return of the Jedi, when he's got, you know, his, his little cronies there with him, those creepy dudes that follow him around. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Vader comes to him and the emperor basically is well aware that the rebels are coming and he sends Vader off to the command ship. And then he kind of just goes off to the side and starts to have like a quiet discussion with those 
advisors of his as, as we cut to a different scene. But like in that brief moment, like looking at it now, it's like, yeah, like Vader at this point is just kind of old news to the Emperor. Like he's got other things in like he's got other things in store for himself in the future yeah. of his empire. And Vader's like Vader played a critical role in starting it. But at this point, right, like look at how quickly he's willing to just cast him aside for Luke. Like the Emperor's always thinking ahead. So the fact that they're bringing him back can certainly make sense. It's just how did he survive? So like I just like right, like he gets thrown down a chasm. So just like how do you make sense of him? To be fair, Maul did it, <laughs> right? Like, right. They brought Darth Maul back, and that was a George Lucas decision. Um, so it certainly can work. So, and, and again, like that that quote in that interview really makes me think that they're really sinking their teeth into what all that can mean. Yeah, no, definitely, and and it, and it's it's good because that lore that he's referencing about what the Sith can do is is really kind of laid. The foundation for that is largely laid down in the prequels. You know the that kind of lore, that kind of of you know idea of what the Sith are capable of. You know uh, is really formed in Revenge of the Sith. You know the the whole story of Darth Plagueis the Wise and the 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 stuff that Palpatine talked about with Anakin to lure him to the dark side about being able to save others from death and all this other stuff. That's a lot of that kind of stuff is is laid out in the prequels, which means that not only are they they looking to you know honor and respect what's happening at the end of Return of the Jedi with this, according to the quote, uh, but they're also tying in things from all ends of the saga with this, um, which is important if you're going to be wrapping up a nine-film story. Um, you know, there has to be, uh, you know, a reason why you get from the beginning to the end, mm -hmm. and uh, there has to be some sort of meaning to that. Um, and, and I think Palpatine is a good way to do that. Um, they just have to do it right. <laughs> Right. And be very careful how they do it because there was there was a bit of a note of finality yeah. in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And you you can't take that away from what Luke and Vader did. Um but yeah, I'm I'm just very curious to see. I, I, I do note how he says uh Palpatine as a presence in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Um that's a probably a very deliberate word on his part um, because that that also makes me think he, he is more of a presence, more of a, a shadow, you know, a, a phantom menace sort of idea rather than like a full manifestation of Palpatine again. Mm. Um, so uh, it, it, it's like, you know, in – referencing Lord of the Rings for Lord of the Rings fans. It's like Sauron speaking from, you know, the eye, uh, rather than being, you know, brought back in his, you know, full form. So if we're going to look at it that way, yeah, but, Oh man. Um, before we, we move on to, to what we need from this movie, I do want to, uh, since she's not here, I do want to read a tweet of Katie's, um, that sort of uh, deals with the idea that, oh my gosh, we're seeing the rise of Skywalker in just a few days. Um, 
because since, she, since she's not here, I want to get her in here somehow. <laughs> so she posted this a few days ago. Um, so the numbness I've been feeling post uh, Life is Strange 2 was starting to wash away, and it finally hit me that the rise of Skywalker is coming out within mere days, and I literally screamed out loud while driving. I feel like I just unfroze from carbonite. Where am I? Do I have carbon sickness? Where's Leia? So that was that was Katie's reaction when she finally realized that we're seeing this in a, less than a week. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, and I wish she was here with us to talk about all this stuff right now. But I totally understand since she's you know traveling all over the place right now. Yeah. Um. So well, something I'm really excited for in the movie mm-hmm. is the lightsaber fights. Yes. Yeah, like it looks I mean we've already seen in trailers like there's going to be at least two. <laughs> um, yeah. you know or a very long extended one that takes place in multiple areas. Right. So and I will say like the the fighting the fight choreography um both in like the Praetorian fight in Last Jedi as well as the the duels um at the end of Force Awakens. I really like the choreography we're getting in the sequel trilogy. Um I mean I know I mean Duel of the Fates is will probably forever be my favorite uh, duel in Star Wars, um, but besides Duel of the Fates, the prequels they got too flashy and a little too much. Like Revenge of the Sith, it's like all right, there's like a duel every ten minutes. <laughs> this doesn't mean as much. This is again my opinion. So I actually real I prefer the fighting style of the sequels to the prequels by a long shot. Um, it's sort of a combination of the the uh, deliberate style of the OT and the flashiness of the pt so it's sort of a a middle ground yeah um but yeah no it's it's you know it's a bit more rough around the edges because you know we're dealing with somebody who is very new to lightsabers um in ray right and somebody who's just got so much anger and rage that he's on the verge of becoming unhinged and out of control right um you know every time he uses his lightsaber (laughs) yes so I'm just really excited to see the the lightsaber fights in here. And even like you said, Jason, you know, I mean, it looks like we're going to get some incredible action scenes, you know, from space the space battles, space battles, right? Like, and, and last Jedi has a great one at the opening of the film to a degree. It, it's good at parts and then gets to me, like not that great. <laughs> um, like there was a potential to make that one of the best space battles. And I just kind of fizzled out for me. Um, even Force Awakens, though, the, the space battle at the end of that movie kind of just fizzles out still. like It's not the, really the, a space battle. It's an, it's an atmosphere battle. Fair enough. So. Um, but, like, still, like, nothing has even – the only thing that's come close to the space battle of Return of the Jedi was the one in Rogue One over Scarif. Yep. That's so yep. good. Um, it is very good. So it's looking like we're going to get something to rival both of those here in Rise of Skywalker. I'm super stoked about that. Super Fingers stoked to crossed. see – Poe and his X-Wing doing some dogfighting because we need more of that. Yep. Um, and just – and not to mention as that space battle is going on, watching space horses storm a Star Destroyer with Janna and Finn. Like, yeah. That and looks, BB-8. And BB-8. Yeah. It looks so good. And um, in one of the, t- the TV spots, we get another shot from that space battle on the hull of the Star Destroyer where we actually see some of the first order troop transports unloading Sith troopers. Yeah. 
that like it's just like oh my god this is so cool <laughs> like i can't wait to see that <laughs> we're, we're 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 actually you know boarding ships this is we're taking you know yeah. naval ideas and putting them in star wars and you know with spaceships um and it's cool it's very very cool yeah yeah it looks so good um and still like the the thing from the the full trailer that we got you know a couple months ago that's probably still my favorite action shot from that trailer is of um, Chewbacca, Poe, and Finn running down the hallways of what looks to be some sort of First Order installation, whether it's a Star Destroyer or a base, who knows. But as they're running down the hall shooting at Stormtroopers, like, that looks awesome to me. Um, I love a good blaster fight, um, which the yeah. sequel trilogy really hasn't had that many blaster fights. I mean, a little bit on Takadana, but that's it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, I mean, the biggest like blaster fight that we had in the Last Jedi was um, Poe's mutiny. Uh, right, if you can even call it like a blaster fight. Right, it was all you know, stun bolts and not much else going on, and Leia had the final word um, as she should, but. <laughs> But yeah, no, it, it, I I am looking forward to a lot of the, the fight sequences and the battles and the you know all that the all that stuff that looks like we're getting quite a bit of in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, um, yeah, super excited about that. Anything else you're really excited about, Carl? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, <laughs> uh, no. So, like you kind of said earlier, there, Jason. Um, I can't wait to see the conclusion of Ray's story, most specifically. Yeah. I mean, this is this is her story. In the way that the original story was Luke's and the prequels was Anakin's. This is Rey's yep. story. So I can't wait to see how her story finishes. Um, I do find her to be the most compelling character of the new of the new batch. Of the new batch. Um, so I'm really excited to see what comes of her. Specifically and how that ties into her connection to the Force and the Jedi. Um, mm. You know, I mean, I think you and I are pretty much on the same page about the Jedi and the Force being our pretty much our favorite elements of star Wars. Yeah. Um, so I really want to see how Palpatine being around Ray's connection to the force, whatever Luke's role is going to be in this. We know he's going to be a force ghost in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like really excited to see what this all means for the mythology of the force. Um, and I will say, I think Ryan Johnson did a great job of building on the mythology of the force in last Jedi. Um, with all the stuff on Acto. Um, so just really, really excited to see what comes of that. And especially that connection she has with, with Kylo and seeing what comes of that. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, dev, the most influential relationship of the original films ends up becoming Luke and Vader. You know, their mm-hmm. story is what brings balance to the force. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, the relationship that is kind of most pinnacle to the prequels is Anakin and Palpatine, right? So Palpatine yeah. corrupting Anakin is what brings the force out of balance. The love of Luke and Vader is what brings it back into balance. And now you have these characters in Kylo and Ray who are going to decide what the balance of the force looks like going forward. Now what their relationship is and becomes, honestly, I don't really care um, as long as it's done well. Um, you know, I'm not a crazy fan of them becoming a romantic couple. Like, I don't think that it doesn't work for me. Um, 
I know obviously there are a lot of Katie being one of them would love yep. would love that, and that's okay. That's fine if 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 it makes sense and it works. Cool, I'm I'm down for it. Um, but with what we've gotten so far, I just think it's toxic. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm just really excited to see what happens between these two characters because this is very much their fates are so intertwined that it's going to decide the fate of this story. So just really excited to see what that that looks like. Um, I do see them coming together in some way, shape or form to if Palpatine's back, like they're going to need each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. and I would love to see how that that works out. Um, I agree. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, while, while I, I mentioned things I'm very excited about, you know, I mentioned both Ray and, you know, Kylo's the completion of their stories. It is intertwined. You know, their their story, you know, the, the culmination of their stories in this film is intertwined somehow. I don't know how, and I couldn't begin to speculate because they've set it up so that it could go, you know, any number of different ways. Um, yeah. You know, from, you know, fully, you know, you know, siding together and going off into the sunset as a pair to, you know... Having to slay one, having to slay the other in order to overcome everything and, uh, you know, defeat the evil of Palpatine. You know, there's any number of possibilities within those two extremes. Um, And I I couldn't begin to speculate where that's going to go because a lot of that has to do with, with what Kylo decides he wants to do. Mm hmm. And what revelations he finds along the way um, uh, in in this story, because there was a TV spot um, where Palpatine was talking to Kylo. He said some very interesting things, um, and that makes me wonder how Kylo Ben is going to respond to it. So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot going on. And I'm I've got my fingers crossed, hoping for a great ending to all of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, and we're also getting some some new characters in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that I'm really excited for, and most notably Zori Bliss. Um. <laughs> Followed closely by Janna. Um, I mean, Zori Bliss is again like your your kind of muddled in the middle type of Star Wars character, where the the rogue type character who probably has a troubled past and might be a reluctant hero type character. I mean, again, we we know so little about Zori Bliss. The, I mean, one of the few things we do know is she has some sort of connection to Poe from Poe's right. past. So, also fascinating that we're going to learn more about what happened with you know where Poe comes from. Um, I think that's going to be great, and it's going to be great to see a character from his past who's going to probably reveal that in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through straight exposition or just their presence in the story. Um, yeah. Also super excited about Janna. Like, ever since I saw her riding that space horse, I've been a fan of Janna. <laughs> um, and yeah. Can't, and can't wait to see what she it, brings or, to this story. Or back? Is that what they're or actually back. called? Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For, for those of you going, it's not a space horse, it's an Arbac. Yeah, we, we really do know, but 
Yeah. It's a, it's a freaking space horse. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited to see, um, again, like what Jana brings to the story and, you know, um, if she is, you know, like what her connection is going to be to Finn. Cause a lot of the clips we've seen, even in promotional photos, they're together. A lot of the teasers we've seen they're they're doing stuff together. So yeah. whatever that connection is that they build um, again, I'm going back to the trailer, which starts with the voiceover from Finn about, you know, the force, it's an instinct. It brought us together. Like I still think that that's him talking to Jana. We'll find out. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just, I really like that, you know, she's, going to be part of this story. I'm excited about the Aki Aki who that the, who they encounter on, um, Pasana, um, the desert. Oh planet, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, again, like I just, I love when star Wars gives us these like really fascinating native races, these native cultures that always add something really beautiful to the story. So I'm really excited to see what the Aki Aki bring. Um, also just like that name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be honest, based just based on the trailers, I'm speculating is uh that the the resistance people find themselves on um uh, Pasana, they're trying to get something or run from the first order for something. Uh they, you know, crash land or something in the middle of the desert, they end up you know, at the settlement, which is having a big festival at the time, they get some stuff they need, and then the First Order shows up, and we get that chase where, you know, these things, they fly now? They fly now, you <laughs> know. Um, so I'm I'm wondering if that's what we're going to get. But still, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, that's just a speculation and a theory on my part. So I've not – for those of you wondering, I have not read any spoilers. Um, all of my speculation comes – Strictly from officially released interviews and any trailers or TV spots. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you um, read spoilers, Carl? All of them. but <laughs> So That's... I'm making sure not to say anything that might be informed by it. Again, spoilers are spoilers. It doesn't mean they're real. Right. Um, but yes, no, I, 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 like, I, I, just, I can't help myself with spoilers for these films. I just – it's part of the excitement for me. It's part of my excitement of getting excited for the new films is – it goes back to the prequels, um, episode two, the first time I was able to go to the force.net and like you, it's like spoiler here, but you have to highlight it to read it. I loved doing that. Yes. <laughs> um, that was so great. So I'm still, I'm still a junkie for spoilers. Sometimes I wish I wasn't like, to be fair, I, I knew next to nothing about last Jedi, um, going into it or solo or rogue one. So I guess it's just Force Awakens of the new stuff. <laughs> um, but I, the, I, I mean, I'd read the entire plot. A couple months before it came out and it te- and what I read tended to be pretty much what was on screen. So, I mean, there was definitely some variations. There were definitely, there was definitely added exposition within the film. Um, you know, and, uh, I mean, I've read tons of spoilers for rise of Skywalker. So I feel like I have a good sense of what the plot is. A lot of the things I've seen in the trailers and the commercials seem to confirm some of the things I've read. Um, but I, again, I don't want to say anything cause I respect that there's tons of fans that don't want to know a damn thing. And that's cool too. And I wish I could be like that. <laughs> um, because I do think it would make for a more exciting experience for me. Um, oh. but I can't help myself. I'm weak. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's fine. You, you, you do you, um, when it comes to spoilers and I will, I, you know, as long as you're not you know, giving them to me. I, I don't I, mind you going out and doing that. I would so. never. 
Um, yeah. Can I say one other thing that I saw in one of the the clips that we got though from like a behind the scenes reel? So again, this is official stuff. This is not anything from a spoiler. And to be fair, I've not read anything about this in spoilers. But in one of the behind the scenes reels, we see Warwick Davis dressed up as an aged wicket. And that makes me so effing excited. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we see uh, it's like, I mean, it's for all of a second. I mean, of course, you know how people are. They take the still images. But you see Warwick Davis dressed up as an Ewok and he's reaching up to like for the the, basically the mask to put on. And it looks just like Wicket, but it looks a bit older. Like there's a little bit of gray in the fur. I was like, holy crap. I, I will just... This movie will be perfect if there's the return of the Ewoks. So <laughs> even if it's for like three seconds, don't care. <laughs> this movie is no longer the rise of Skywalker. It is Star Wars Episode Nine: the return of the Ewoks. That's what it's going to be in my heart. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, that, that leads credence to the idea that, you know, the Death Star is on the forest moon of Endor. Well, so they've, they've told us the name of that planet and it's not Endor, but remember that there, the, the battle of Endor takes place on the, the forest moon. It's not the planet itself. So it's in part of the right. Endor system. So I can't remember the name of the planet. They have revealed the name of it, but it's, it's kind of an oceanic type planet and it's part okay. of the Endor system. So that's where the remains are. So I don't know if we're actually going to go to the forest of Endor from return of the Jedi. I don't know. But we're definitely going to the Endor system because they have confirmed that it's Death Star 2 and that they've confirmed the name of this planet that we're going to. Um, But it makes me think that we might go to the Forest of Endor. I don't – I mean there could be Ewoks on other planets in the Endor system. There's no reason to think that they're just in the forest. Um, But I don't know. It would be pretty pretty cool to go back to Bright Tree Village. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm just – I'm really excited to see that. If we get another victory celebration at Bright Tree Village at the end of this movie, well, I, that would be great. It'd be cool to see. I don't. I see. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want that because it'd be like the same thing again. I don't know if I would necessarily want the celebration there again, but it would be cool just to see it or to go back there or, yeah, you know. I mean, the Ewoks certainly would have a game in this fight too, right? They they participated in the victory over the Galactic Empire 30 years ago. So it would make sense if there's an impending threat now that they're going to throw their, they'd probably throw their lot back in with it, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, they probably would need help getting off planet because they're, you know, not technologically advanced, but, uh, you know, uh, it's entirely possible. So for sure, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, So, Jason, what do you what do you need to see? What do you what what what's really important to you? And again, and I say this like, and obviously for any of you listening, I, the question goes to you just to speculate as you're sitting there listening. You know, when, when we talk about what we need to see, it's important to say more. Maybe I should say, what do you really want to see? Because like when we when we start saying we need to see this, if we don't, then we immediately start saying, well, the the movie sucked. We I didn't get this. I needed this. Right. So like, yeah. maybe, let me immediately rephrase this to what do you really want to see? Okay. Really yeah. Hope to see. I, was, I was going to say, cause you know, me saying I need to see this puts a, uh, you know, it, it, it's not something I really want to, to do because I don't want to put, you know, expectations or limitations on what this movie can do. Um, so I, I'm glad that, that we rephrase that. Um, but, Oh, 
What I really want to see uh, – there's a, a few things. What I really want to see is I want to kind of see uh, a, a sort of ragtag who's who of awesome rebel cameos, you know, old heroes and, and new heroes, um, people that – were retired that came back because of the we needed the to fight this one final battle one last time um the the uh resistance reborn novel you know gives uh you know a a a, a nice look at how that could be possible um and we do see you know the i guess the resistance fleet which is a ragtag group of you know random ships and freighters and fighters and all that stuff um in in one of the trailers so i i really am hoping to see you know a a sort of who's who you know kind of a cameo appearance of of all of these these heroes that have survived the movies and such. So, you know, maybe seeing Harris and Dula, Wedge Antilles. Um, you, you know, uh, obviously we have, we've had uh, Nine Numb already been, has already been in, in uh, you know, the movies. And we know we're getting Lando back. Um, but, you know, things like that, you know, maybe, I don't know, General Riken or Kriggs Maydeen or somebody like that would be kind of fun to see, you know, old guard, you know, come back out of retirement kind of things. Um, so I, I would, I would like to see that, you know, just, uh, out of a pure, you know, desire to see my, my, my characters one more time. Um, that's something I think I would really like to see. Um, do you want me to give more or do you want to just sort of back and forth on this one? Um, let's go back and forth. All right. What's something that you really want to see? Well, I mean, well, to be fair, obviously, right, we kind of talked already about the the emperor stuff, right? Like, I, I, yeah. I really want to, I really hope that they explain that well so that it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, Same here. Uh, but the other thing that I really, really, really want, and I know I'm not alone in this, is Anakin. I want to see Hayden Christensen, not, and honestly, not just his voice. I really want to see him. Um, I don't, I don't think he needs to be a massive role. Um, but I just I really want to see him. I mean, he was the chosen one. The first six chapters of this story are about him specifically. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and I'm really cool with what Ray's character is, what it's growing into. But in order to if the emperor is back in some capacity, it would make sense that Anakin is part of this final fight, too, in, in some capacity. Yeah, so it's it's just and and again, like from a story perspective, I really want it because again, I think it's helpful to tie the whole story up, right? Like if, in the same way that they felt the need to bring Palpatine back because he's so integral to the saga, you got to bring Anakin back then too because he yes. is, he's even more integral to this Skywalker saga, right? Um, so that being said, you know, like that's for me why I really need it for a story. But there is still also a part of me that thinks they they need to do a little bit more with this trilogy to really pay homage and respect to the prequels. Um, you know, one thing I've always been wary of with JJ, like I I, I love JJ. He seems like a great guy. He, he he's a good storyteller. He's fun. Yeah, I mean, he's creative. But you know, before Force Awakens, he was always very critical of the prequels, and I I don't like that because I love them. I love the prequels. Um, and you know, having Hayden Christensen back as Anakin, I think would be a nice way of, again, tipping the hat to this is all one story. And I know that JJ has really come around to 
understanding that, respecting that, telling us time and time again that this is him bringing the conclusion to the nine chapter saga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I really want uh, Anakin there in, in some capacity. Uh, I yeah, think that's just really important to me. That was, that was going to be one of my one of my things too. I really would like to see that, and it doesn't like you said it doesn't have to be much. I mean, he could just like appear. Yeah, you know, and I would be okay. Um, and and honestly, if he does, I don't think it's to Ray. I think it's to Ben. Yeah. Okay. Um, because that's the story that that would make more sense in. Because if if Palpatine has been corrupting Ben from beyond the veil, you know, what better way to to bring to to tear Kylo down and bring Ben back? than to have his actual grandfather appear to him. Right. You know, in the force. Um, I, 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 and if this is a Skywalker saga, we really only have Leia and Ben as any real sort of, you know, living link to the Skywalkers at this point. Um, because Luke's dead. Han's dead. Uh, you know, obviously Anakin has been, dead and gone for 30 years um ray is not a skywalker finn is not a skywalker poe is not a skywalker the the only you know heroes that we have that are any way shape or form skywalkers that are still alive is leia um and then maybe ben depending if he decides to to turn at the end um but that's still up in the air so if we're going to make this the conclusion to the skywalker saga um, obviously, Luke's going to show up in some way, shape, or form as a Force ghost, but I do think that an appearance of Anakin is an important thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like, and like you said, especially if we're bringing Palpatine back as some sort of presence. You know, the and the idea that the Jedi have given us is that a Force ghost is sort of the continuation, the full continuation of your Force essence, your Force consciousness. Beyond death, in a way that the Sith cannot achieve, um, if the the lore is to be believed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carl was separating his cats from yes, from hiding, and my, it was really my kitten Amos is she's she's got a lot of energy, and she annoys my older cat Embo all the time. So I just I sometimes pull her away because Embo doesn't want to play all the time. Um, sorry Jason (laughs) um, no worries Um, but yeah I I really do think that that an appearance from from Anakin as a force ghost is is an important part of this Um, and I would love to see that I don't necessarily know because I don't know what the story is exactly that they're they're telling if it's going to be uh, an essential part of what they're going doing, but I think it's a very important part of what they would be doing. Um, and we've already had Yoda come back, yeah, as a Force ghost. We've heard Obi Wan. Yep. It it would track if we're going to see or maybe hear Anakin. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I would I would be happy with I that. Mean, the fact that we've seen Hayden Christensen out a bunch just in the last year with Ian McDermott. And and again, obviously, this is us reading into things, but there's a good chance that he's he's in some way involved with this. And again, probably in a small way, which is fine. But yeah. I, I'd be shocked if there's 
I mean, I'd be shocked if literally there was one no mention of him or to no some sort of manifestation, whether if it's of his voice or physically. Um, so I think he'll be in there in some way, shape or form for sure. Um, yeah. If he's not, I know part of me will will probably no matter what be bummed. Um, but if the story's still really good without it, cool. It's still really good without it. But I just feel like it's an integral part, like especially with you know that quote I read from Chris Terrio, which I really like about making sense of Palpatine being there. I think you can easily make the argument of why Anakin also then needs to be there. So yeah, um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, but that's that's it for me. That those those are the two big things: is making sense of the Emperor being back and some sort of Anakin presence. Those are the yeah. only big things I really want to see. Um, is there anything else for you? Um. I was forming something and it just slipped from my mind. Uh, no, hold on. Um, hold it on, sir. Uh, I, I mean, I, do, <laughs> I would really love to see one more heroic thing from R2-D2. I bet you uh, I'm sure, I, Because yeah. – Yeah, he's been sidelined too much this trilogy. He, I, I agree. He's That's been one of my biggest gripes about the new trilogy is that R2 has had almost nothing to do. I mean, he had a uh, a really nice moment in the Last Jedi with Luke, um, mm-hmm. you know, interacting with Luke again, and that was that was a highlight for me. Uh, but I need, and BB-8 has been great. Don't get me wrong; I, I don't want to take anything away from BB-8 because I love BB-8. But R two, R two needs to have something important to do in this movie, um, and and i really 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 would like to see that because he's my favorite character and he's been you know kind of the go-to swiss army knife for the you know previous two trilogies so um <laughs> i i really want to see him involved in an important way um uh you know doing something heroic again uh so that's that's something i really i won't say need to see but really really want to see for sure well hopefully you do Fingers crossed, and I'll find out in forty-eight less than forty-eight hours. So you know, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, for sure. So I don't have I don't have long to wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, man. So one last thing I want to do in this uh, pre-show, just thinking about the wrap-up of our, the, you know, the Skywalker saga here with 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 Episode Nine. Is I I invited you to do this and, and I made a couple of quick things. We're just thinking about one one moment from each of the trilogies that you feel like is a defining part of the Skywalker saga. Um, and we have to go into tremendous detail, you know, for for time's sake. But starting with the prequels, what for you was kind of a defining moment for the Skywalker saga in the prequels? Yeah, um, and and I kind of you know. I think this was implied in, in the, the conversation that we wanted to have here, but I I wanted to, to pick moments that were defining the Skywalker saga as a whole, but also defining for the Skywalker story mm. in each of the trilogies. Mm. Um, I like it. And, and so the moment I picked were from the prequel trilogy um, is, is the death of Shmi. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, because not only not point. only is she, you know, the the, the mother of Skywalkers, uh, as we talked about several episodes ago, um, which is still one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Um, for anybody want, curious about that, um, it, it's also what really ultimately sends Anakin on that path 
sliding towards the dark side. You know, he, yeah. you know, he, otherwise he's just, uh, you know, a, a young adult man, uh, you know, training to be a Jedi who has a temper issue. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, he, he lashes out, he gets excitable over certain things, but so do, you know, all hormonal young men at that age, you know, <laughs> so that that's not necessarily out of the ordinary for someone of his age and you know rank you know where he feels like he should be more than he is but he's not because he's really not as mature as he thinks he is uh but when his mother dies in his arms that that sort of sets things off for anakin uh in a way that because of the way everything else you know comes out in Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, and Revenge of the Sith, that path kind of gets started, you know, path towards the dark side gets started there. Um, and that's, you know, a really defining moment for Anakin Skywalker in the prequel trilogy that really is a defining moment for the the, the story as a whole. Because yeah. it what's, it's what starts his fall to the dark side. For sure. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. What about you? What, what's your prequel pick? Um, I actually put the marriage of Anakin and Padme from at the end of Attack of the Clones. That's a good one. Um, and the reason I think of it is is because it, it's a secret, right? Um, mm. And the problems that then, you know, similar ways like to the death of Shmi, it's like his start of his slide to the dark side. But in a weird way, this is something that ought to have been celebrated and figured out in a in a more honest and authentic way and said they choose to hide it and it it i mean it's ultimately what causes his downfall in revenge of the sith because he's not able to be open and honest with his best friend in obi-wan about what's really troubling him um and you know he's he's always having to live in fear of any sort of implication to the relationship because it's a secret relationship yeah so you know kind of that the Skywalkers need to be honest. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to live in the truth. You got to live in the light of the truth. And, and they're choosing to take something that is wonderful. And I, you know, and I do think that they genuinely love one another. Um, but choosing to keep that a secret and to try to live in a secret is going to undo both of those characters, not just Anakin, Padme as well, right? Like, when those issues start arising in, 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 in Revenge of the Sith, and right, like I think most of us can agree that Padme is poorly represented in Revenge of the Sith. Again, read the novel; she's phenomenal, and watch some of the deleted scenes; they're great. But um, yeah, Padme. It, it, we, we need an expanded version of Revenge of the Sith with those deleted <laughs> scenes put back in. Thank you very much, yeah, Lucasfilm and yeah. Disney. Let's cut out all the stuff with Grievous. That's useless. Um, but uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> It does nothing for the story. But, uh, um, you know, like the stuff there, even with Padme, right? Like when those things start falling apart, she's got no one to confide in either. You know, nobody right. nobody knows this truth. So, um, you know, so for these Skywalkers to start this beautiful relationship in secret is a problem. So yep. um, that's what I picked for, for the prequels. What about the original trilogy? Oh, man. Um I picked I picked a really high moment here. Um, uh, I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Yeah, I picked that too. <laughs> yes, I I thought we might. Yeah, how can you um, not? <laughs> but yeah, no, that that is such a key moment because not only does it define what Luke has been striving for this entire trilogy, 
but it really is what calls out to the Anakin that is still locked away with inside Vader um, and brings about the restoration and the redemption of Anakin Skywalker um, and, and really kind of uh, seals the failure of Palpatine in his attempt to eradicate the Jedi from the galaxy. Because that's, you know, while, while being able to rule the galaxy and sit on top of the galaxy and have the galaxy do whatever he wants is kind of what he ultimately gets. I think the real, you know, uh, the real goal of Palpatine's rise to power is the full and complete eradication of the Jedi and the, the hope of the light side of the Force. Yeah. Um, I really do think that's part of what he his ultimate goal is what what his real ultimate goal is um and and that fails yeah it, when luke stands up and says i'm a jedi like my father before me and it really kind of seals the deal on what the ot was all about yeah yeah it, you know it's worth it's worth worth hearing never I'll never turn to the dark side. You failed, your highness. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. So be it. So be it. Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is... I mean, to me, still, that's like the most iconic moment in Star Wars for me. Um, like yeah. In, in any of Star Wars. But, uh, yeah, it's just so good. And, and I mean, all the things you said already. Um, but even kind of continuing from my last point is this is the Skywalkers living in the light of the truth. Right. Like Luke knows all that his father has done. Maybe not all, but he knows who his father's become, but knows he's more than that. And Anakin's able to face the truth that he is more than this disgusting monster that is Darth Vader. Um, you know, and that's like, I love the question that Katie's raised all throughout our journey to the Rise of Skywalker discussions. And what does it mean to be a Jedi? And I think this is the most defining moment that answers that question. Um, yeah. A Jedi is a character who is centered in the Force, lives in the light, and isn't afraid to uh, live out in the light, even if it's hard and even if yeah. it, it hurts <laughs> um, to defy the darkness. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think it's, it's the pinnacle of the Skywalker movement up until that point is uh, he knows what it means to be a Jedi. Um, mm -hmm. And, and he faces that down in the face of pure darkness. So yeah, it's just, it's perfect. Um, what about you for the sequel trilogy? And obviously that trilogy is not over, but um, right. what has been up to this point, that moment for you? Right. Well, I I will put a caveat out here that I do suspect that the defining moment of the sequel trilogy is yet to be seen. Um, I, I do think it will be coming from the rise of Skywalker. However, up to this point, I will say the defining moment of the sequel trilogy in the Skywalker story is the death of Han. Mm, um, okay. Because it really kind of crystallizes the the conflict uh, within uh, within Ben 
Kylo and really, really enforces the the choices that Rey has made to leave Jakku and to throw in her lot with the Resistance. So um, I I do you know I, I do think that that is really kind of the defining moment because that's what that's what ends up sending her out to you know Octo to find Luke um and and the death of han is really kind of reverberated in a way that i don't think i anticipated at first throughout the characters obviously it affects luke uh we don't really know to what extent um but he you know he obviously is pained by it it's it's shaken it shakes leia um it tears ben apart mm. and it uh puts a resolve within ray that um you know, it guides her forward. So uh, up to this point, I think Han's death is the defining moment of the sequel trilogy thus far. I, granted, in a couple of days, I think that's going to change for me. Um, <laughs> but that's where I stand at the moment. Nice. Man, I, I love that. Um, it's not what I picked, but I do love that. That's a great point for all the things you said, the way that it does reverberate through the rest of the story we've gotten so far, I mean, specifically in Last Jedi, is where we feel the fullness of those repercussions, mm-hmm. um, right? Ray is still very much holding on to what Han represented to her, a father figure, a, you know, a yeah. person who gave her a sense of belonging. Luke has lost his best friend. Yeah. Um, and, and Luke is not able to assume that role for Ray like she hoped. Right. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, especially with Kylo, the way that it just tears him apart. Um Splits him to the bone, to use Snoke's language. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, for me, I I actually picked you know just the end of Force Awakens as race makes that climb up to Luke, the top of that mountain on Octo. Um, and for me, it's because this again, this is our new hero who is um, trying to bring the Skywalker back into the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah, because we've lost our new Skywalker and Ben. Right. He's yeah. he's gone. Um, and again, is Ray a Skywalker? Don't know. I don't think so. And still kind of hope not at this point. Um, I mean, we're going to get those answers in a couple days. <laughs> um, right. Right. But, uh, you know, I think for me that that moment is just so defining because it really is the coming together. And this is really what a lot of the sequel trilogy has been. But the coming together of the new with the old and you know, bringing the legacy of the past to our legendary character in Luke Skywalker and welcoming him back into the story in some way, shape or form. And whether that's to pick up a laser sword and face down the first order, or whether it's just to inspire hope for the galaxy that's hopeless, whether that's to um, spark a sense of belonging and purpose in Ray, our new hero who needs that direction. Um, So I think just in that moment, there's something very wonderful that Luke's being called out to, to let go of his past mistakes, to let go of the sins he's committed and, and welcome this new light into the world and, and, and guide that light into restoring balance um, to what's been lost. So, yeah, I just, I love that moment at the end of force awakens. Yeah. No, it's, it's very good. It's very good. And I, I totally see why you picked that. You know, I, I, it is bringing, Bringing the old, you know, uh, having the new meet the old, bringing the old uh, back out into the story. Um, there is a lot of talk of legacy in this 
trilogy, mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. Legacy is a huge deal in the sequel trilogy, and and that moment really kind of encapsulates, you know, in a nutshell, everyone's hopes and dreams about a legacy. Yeah, you know, uh, Ray carries the resistances and our hopes and dreams about the legacy of the Skywalkers up that the island and tries to hand it back to Luke. The problem is, is that it's his legacy and it's beyond him at this point. Right. And we, we don't realize that. And none of the characters realize that at the point, at that point. Um, and, and that's such a big deal. And I, and I do think the legacy of the Skywalkers is really kind of what has to rise to the forefront uh, in in this movie that's that we're going to see in less than two days right. um, at this point. So, uh, yeah, that that's a good moment. That's a really good moment, too. So, yeah. And well, there you go. We're done. Well, let's just I, sit here and, and anxiously await the rise right. of Skywalker. <laughs> I will not be able to take a full breath until I'm sitting in the movie seeing this 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 sitting in the theater seeing this movie oh i cannot wait i am so excited i honestly i was a bit worried a couple months ago that i was not going to get you know super excited for this movie um but i am literally antsy sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to get into the theater to see this movie right now um and the the spoiler free reviews and comments are starting to come out because the the world premiere was yesterday as the time we were recording this so um i there's some there's some good news uh, some good thoughts coming out that i've seen i've not seen a lot and i don't intend to really you know read a, a ton more because i don't want to be i don't want to have my opinions start forming before i see the movie um, and there's always a danger of that happening if you read too much ahead of time. Um, but what little I have seen at the moment has me encouraged and excited. Um, so <laughs> I, I've been saying this all night, fingers crossed, you know, this is going to be good. Yeah. You know. you know, with these new movies, I mean, especially in light of the fact that we do a podcast, I honestly try to stay away from reading others reviews and I mean, I don't read film critic reviews to begin with. Cause I just don't care what film critics have to say. <laughs> um, right. I never have. Um, I tend to like movies that film critics hate, which is fine with me. Um, but I, I mean, I even try to shy away from what other podcasters are saying, what other friends are even saying, not immediate friends. Cause obviously I want to have those discussions ASAP with those folks, but, um, and it allows me to just record my own fresh thoughts. And that's what we plan to do at the end of this week is, you know, you and I, are, I know, again, Katie can't because she's traveling, but we're going to get together at the end of the week and just give an initial show um, right at the end of the week, um, just with our initial thoughts. And then, again, we'll be back next week, hopefully with a full episode with Katie. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, like, I because whenever I hear other people's things, it's like, oh, that is a great idea. And then I just kind of turn it into how I can do it with my own, which which I think is fine. Like, I love doing that later on, but early on I try to just – keep them to like, what are my thoughts? What, what did I think about this movie? You know right. What I mean, so, right. Yeah. And the, not, the first, the first week that- or the first week or so, I really kind of, I just want to marinate in my own opinions and, and, you know, the, the thoughts and discussions that I have with a few close, close friends. And of course that includes you and Katie um, at this point, cause we do a podcast about all this and I really want to talk about this stuff with you guys. So, um, 
but yeah, once that kind of, you know, once I kind of have a, a sense of my on my own of what I think about this is when I start going out and want to hear what everybody else thinks about it. Sure. Um, so, yeah, but great. Oh, I'm so excited. And and folks, remember, start once you see the movie, start coming up with your ideas and thoughts. And, and we will tell you in the few, you know, more specifically uh, in the subsequent episodes how you can send those thoughts in for our Larian review of The Rise of Skywalker. We'll give you more details as we get closer to having that episode. Yes. Um, and like I hinted at at the top of the show, um, for any of you who, are list- who, who listen to The Wampas Lair, whether you're new or old, doesn't matter to me, um, I really want to do just like a local Boston meetup for folks to just meet each other, ma- maybe make some new Star Wars friends. Um, and and see the movies. So the plan, the tentative plan as of right now, and I will, you know, probably next week when we do our full episode, I'll have the solid details. But as of right now, the plan is to go on Saturday, January the 11th. Um, I don't have a showtime picked yet because I don't even know if they are that far out yet. But the thought is to go to the the Regal Fenway Theater down by Fenway Park. Um, and if you are able to go, I can get free tickets for folks that are going. So. You know, um, I'll put out some sort of RSVP in the next week. So if you are interested in going, you want to come, we can, you know, we'll pick a movie time. Um, if you're able to go, just come on, come on into the city. We'll go see the movie together. Um, I can get the tickets for everybody that, so don't have to worry about buying the ticket. And then there's plenty of places to go out afterwards. Just either grab a burger, grab fries, grab a drink, whatever, and just talk about it as, as friends and folks who like the Wampus Lair. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, keep that, keep that date in your mind right now. If you are a, uh, local to the Boston area, January the 11th, which is a Saturday. So keep that in the back of your mind. Um, and, uh, certainly feel free to, to reach out to us, to let us know if that's something that you think would work for you. And, um, yeah, uh, looking forward to, to making that happen. And again, just a reminder, uh, like we told you at the beginning of the episode, uh, we are putting a, a pause on any new matchups or polls um, for the next few weeks while we you know, essentially cover and react to the rise of Skywalker. Um, you know, once we once we get sort of uh, those those episodes out of the way and we get back to sort of your regularly scheduled programming, uh, we'll bring the the polls and matchups back. But um it's it's just a lot with everything else going on that uh, we want to just put a, a bit of a, a hold on that for the time being. But, Carl, if people do want to weigh in on any of our you know pre-show thoughts for The Rise of Skywalker or anything else, uh, where can people do that? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at Wampuzler. Um, we're on Facebook at Wampuzler Podcast. And you can obviously email us. At WombosLayerPodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to stay in touch with Katie and hear her early thoughts, which I'm sure she'll be sharing on Twitter, she's on Twitter at PoeHotDamron. Indeed. Please do that. Anything else you got, Carl? Ready for Rise of Skywalker, buddy. So am I. So am I. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 363, The Rise of Skywalker Pre-Show. For Carl and Katie, who's not here, I'm Jason. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time post The Rise of Skywalker here in the Wampus Lair. Wampus Lair.